1: girls, the good news is your dates are here.
2: What's the bad news?
1: They're dead. Ah.
3: See, a United States astro-robot becomes a creature of death.
1: And oh. they.
3: We have come here to this planet for... One purpose only, to acquire breeding stuff to repopulate our planet.
4: Welcome to Bots, Bugs, and Babes, the B-movie podcast from Classic Cults and the cheese in between. The movies are B, but the entertainment is grade A. And I am your host, Mr. Jason Giaconetti, joined once again by my dad, Mr. Al Giaconetti. Hey, Jason. How are you doing
2: today? Okay. Uh, today we've got, uh, we're going to go back quite a number of years. Uh, this movie is on the cusp of the resurgence of big-budget sci-fi movies that uh, started to proliferate. And what we're talking about today is the original Planet of the Apes, yep. 1968.
4: Yep, and we'll get to it right after this. <clears throat> Can't help thinking that somewhere in the
0: universe there has to be something better than man. It has to be. The words are Charlton Heston's. Get out a last signal to Earth and we've landed.
3: <laughs> the world he finds out of the galaxy will challenge every idea you've ever had of civilization. A planet where man is the lowest order of living things and the superior beings are apes. They build the cities, make the laws, the gods, and control the guns that hunt a race of lowly, terrified humans who run wild in the jungles are caged in the prisons and stuffed in the
0: museums
3: 20th century Fox transforms the motion picture screen into Planet of the Apes Here Bull's finest novel since Bridge on the River Kwai
0: With A world gone insane An upside down civilization that could not be real Yes, a world of madness and terror has no understanding he can be taught a few simple tricks nothing more you did it you cut up his brain you bloody babble it's a man it's a man but it did not end Ended in an episode so unpredictable, so shocking. It made the horror which preceded it seem calm and gentle as a summer's night. A great many people worked long and hard to answer the question of what a civilization would be like where the evolutionary process had been reversed and apes were the superior species. Hundreds of technicians and the largest number of makeup artists ever assembled assisted the producers, the writers, the director, and the cast, Dr. Cornelius, Roddy McDowell. Dr. Zilla, as played by Kim Hunter. Dr. Zayas, is portrayed by Maurice Evans. And Nova, by Linda Harrison. Now the tribunal has placed you in my custody for final disposition. You realize what that means? No. Emasculation, to begin with. An experimental surgery on the speech centers, on the brain. Eventually a kind of living death. Planet of the Apes, beyond your wildest dreams.
4: Planet of the Apes was released April 3rd, 1968. Actually, um, February 8th, they had a special uh, release at the Capitol Theater um, in February. But it was uh, released April 3rd, 1968, with a 112-minute running time. Um, your U.S. budget was $5.8 million and your U.S. return, well, the return on budget is th- approximately $33.3 million, which is a heck of a return. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, um, you know, the Planet of the Apes, based on the book by Pierre uh, B- Bellieu, yeah, yeah. kind of thing, which it's so funny because I read Planet of the Apes, the book, and it's very different because the book is about the apes learning about what happens like it's such a it's a really good if you've never read the book there's not really a spoiler you figured that out in the first five minutes like the book's really good and it's but it's different um and uh you know it's just the way it is your director is uh franklin j Schnaffner. Uh, now he was uh academy award he, he won the academy award for best director for Patton in 1970 um and he, obviously he's known for obviously this um papillon and mm-hmm. the boys from Brazil. Um, and he also served as the president of the Directors Guild of America from 87 to 89. Um, your screenplay credits go to Michael Wilson and, of course, Rod Serling. Uh, and in your production here is Arthur P. Jacobs. Arthur B. Jacobs um, was a very famous... He would do um, Dr. Doolittle, Goodbye, Mr. Chips, Play It Again, Sam, Tom Sawyer, things like that. Uh, obviously, Rod Serling's name being attached to this you know, it's the Twilight Zone and all that stuff. And it, all the gravitas that uh, Serling brought to there. And not that, not to take away from Michael Wilson, but literally, it's mm-hmm. it's just the... it's uh, This movie... It's hard to say. This is a sci-fi movie in the 60s. Right. Yeah. This movie is more than the sum of its parts. Like, all the pieces and parts they put together to make this... Forget the special effects and all that stuff like that. Just the names they got to be in this movie and who they got by way of this director, this composer, this whatever—like this was somebody saying, "Hey, you know what? Why can't we make a genre movie that's going to kick in somebody's teeth?"
2: Right, and you know, was, and that was the whole point of my opening is that the, there really wasn't many in the '60s. No. I mean, there were monster movies, there were uh, there, there was some oddball ones, but nothing with this kind of budget and the and, yeah. and the actors that are in it. Yeah.
4: And, um, and obviously, you, I mentioned music, Jerry Goldsmith. Yeah. You know, I mean, like they didn't—they didn't just go get Joe Schmoes no. off the street. They were like, oh. "We're going to do this."
2: Yeah. And the thing with Jerry Goldsmith is that he, he was one of the most prolific uh, movie soundtrack uh, uh, composers uh, right before Williams. Yeah. And uh, the music for this is—if you if this is—you couldn't listen to this like you would another soundtrack. No. Because the it's all this odd sounding. Um, all the way
4: through but it makes sense in the movie it does, yeah does. and that's what i think they were going for um of course um everyone knows that starring charleston heston um uh, and roddy mcdowell your two major names here um heston you know i mean he was a major major star yeah. uh roddy mcdowell um you know again, a star. I mean, he's he, he started a lot of different things, but you also have Maurice Evans, Kim Hunter, right. James Whitmore, J- James Daly,
1: right. uh,
4: Linda one. Harrison. I mean, we're not talking what? about schlubs you never heard of.
2: Yeah. Well, Linda Harrison. This was, well, it was like her first. Yeah. Her first yeah. yeah. Right. But all the others, it's it, in, in a way it was like, they were asked, "Hey, would you like to be in this movie? Or well, what do I have to do? We have to put on makeup. Well, I don't know. And then, then you get Maurice Evans, who is a classical actor. Um, Coming across as Zayus, and it looks fine. Well,
4: so when you there's a documentary called Making Apes. If you've yes. never watched it, watch it. It's phenomenal. phenomenal. Yep. But they talked about when they had brought in what's his name? Um, oh, I'm on his name. Um, he was like a the ga- the they know the gangster. He was a gangster guy in the back in the in the oh, um, yeah. it'll come to me. Um and, and he they, they did testing with him as Doctor Zayus, and it just it came across um, it came just didn't come across right. And it's like they needed someone who really could emote. I mean, the thing is. Kim Hunter, you know, is able to emote through the makeup. Mm-hmm. Everything emotes through the makeup, and that makeup is so cutting edge. So cu- it's 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 Westmore. It's so cutting edge for the time, and people look at it. Like, oh, it's cute and quaint now. This is 55 right. years ago. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And this was cutting edge yeah. for them. The
2: Chambers won the Academy yeah. for this. Again, you would never seen this. I mean, gorillas and chimpanzees were nothing more than you know, like you know, the Bowery Boys, uh, gorilla in, in one of those suits where they can yeah, stand right, right, up. Right. I mean, that's what that's when you saw this. This was just jaw dropping.
1: Yeah,
4: I mean, the thing is, is mm. at one point both Blake Edwards and J Lee Thompson were actually originally like approached by uh, Arthur B, Arthur Jacobs um, to give them like a shot at this movie, but it actually was Charlton Heston who pushed for uh, Fran- uh, Franklin Schneer uh, Sch- 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 to do it um and you know it's one of those things that, like sometimes you hear like names associated with movies like oh that would have been really cool if this guy had done it or this guy had done it but it makes sense when you start looking at the some of the parts that are there 20th century fox they were not this is a big investment for them Ooh. they weren't taking a chance um and and it winds up being that uh, uh the, the john chambers um and it was uh which is the he won the academy award for best costume design best um, no, excuse me. Um, he did the prosthetic makeup. He won a winning the Academy Award. Oh. They, they won best costume design, best original score. They like, they were registered. This film is on the National Film Registry. Like, we, we talked about, remember when we talked about Invasion of the Body Snatchers? Yeah. And it's this like story that's in collars and whatever. Kind of, and, and Invasion of the Body Snatchers is one of the most influential science fiction movies of all time. Like, you see it everywhere. And like the idea of pod people and stuff like that. Planet of the Apes might actually be more, more significant than, yeah. and that's hard to believe because planet of because invasion of Ice snatchers is so important in the world of science fiction, and in the world of like, like just how science fiction is thought of, but <clears throat> planet of the apes changed movies. Yes. It changed mm-hmm. movies. It didn't just change sci-fi movies. It changed blockbusters. It changed how you approach movies. It, cha- it changed that you could take actual actors, not just stuntmen, and dress them up. You actually had people who could act, right. and it changed how people thought about film.
2: Right, and, and, and when you have a good story to go along with it. Yeah. Uh, now the thing, like Charlton Heston, uh, in, in, when you hear, you think of Charlton Heston, you think of Moses, you think of Ben Hur, El Cid. This was for him, especially at, at this point. It was like a transition film. Yeah. Where he then, instead of being in all the epic movies, because he was always the epic guy. uh, and he's as he's moved to sci-fi. Remember, I mean, he in the next movie he does is Soil and Green. Yeah, and I mean that's as as science fiction as you can get. Yeah. Also,
4: but and I think I think but but you can see when you watch Soil and Green that they were trying to go build off of what Planet of the Apes did. Yeah. No. And and not that nothing wrong with Soil and Green, but it certainly is not the level of influence that Planet of the Apes had. I mean, we still see Soil and Green influences down the road, but it's but it's like anything else. It's like there's always that one. There's that one right. that hits, and it becomes so influential and so important. And and sometimes it's it's kind of obvious. I mean, I'm be bluntly honest. The original King Kong was such a... No one had ever seen anything like that. It blew everyone's minds away, right? And that kind of changed how you made certain types of movies. But this movie, I mean, this was a big chance. Yeah. If this flopped... This, that's right. If this flopped, it was, but, it was bad.
2: And, you know, if, if the makeup didn't work... It would have looked
4: well, they, and 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 again, the documentary mm-hmm. "Making Apes." If you have never seen it, please go check that out. It's well worth your time. They talk about the original makeup and how they kind of changed out some of the makeup and how they changed the jawline and made right. it woo- so it looked better. And people are like, "Well, it doesn't really look like the the gorillas look like real gorillas at times, and the chimpanzees, but each of them are individually different. They orangutans, right. everyone's different. That oh, every ape is its mm-hmm. own unique ape instead of just being." gorilla suit you know kind of thing
2: but i think the one thing about when the apes are talking whatever uh, species they are the The, i i watched it specifically to watch the voice and see how the lips moved and they're not just going up and down up and down up and down they're actually and again it's part it's got to be part of the makeup you can see to some extent how as you, as you talk, your jaw goes side to side, your lips. So go. what happened was instead of just hinging it. Yeah. Floated the
4: hinge. Right. And it's, it's, it seems so stupid. Right. It's like, oh, of course he did. Like, but no one had ever done it. Right. So the first time you do something, it's the first time. Right. So, um, you know, this, it is, it is to say Planet of the Apes. Uh, I mean, okay, so, I mean, I, I know people are like, well, Star Wars is the most important thing ever or Star Trek. Whatever. Planet of the Apes is, was bigger than the before all them. Right, you know, like, well, the, but, well I mean, because think about it, like, Star Wars is another decade later. No, well,
2: Star but, Wars is '76,
4: and this is what this is '68. So yeah. a decade later, that, yeah. I mean, it's almost oh, yeah.
2: Think, but the but, technology but, had to. Find but
4: Italy, what I'm saying is, but I'm saying, but like everyone's how important Star Wars is in the oh, world yeah. or whatever. There might not have been a Star Wars if there was no Planet of the Apes. Exactly. You know, and everyone talks about how important Star Trek is and stuff. Star Trek was a TV show. It was nothing special. I, I'm sorry if you don't believe me, but it's not. It was nothing mm-hmm. special as a TV show. And then it became bigger because the fans loved it. Loved it. Right? For it's campiness right. and what whatever. Mean,
2: else. The movie story. Right, I
4: right. Mean, but what I'm saying is what would we have had? I'm not saying Star Star Wars would never have existed, but you literally needed kind of the apes to kick in the door. Yeah. So that Star Wars can come in and say, look, 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 let's blow the door off the hinges. As yeah.
2: I said, this movie made so much money yeah. that it said to the to producers, "Hey, this isn't a kids' genre. This is everybody's genre." And yeah. that's and like you're right. And that it opened the door in the in the '70s for oh a whole God. slew of ones that I'm, became franchises. I mean,
4: just think about it. just the legacy alone of this of this film franchise, right? You have all the the, the beneath escape conquest battle. You have the TV show. You have the, the Return to Planet of the Apes, the animated TV show. You have the remake in two thousand one all the reboots i mean the reboots alone Reboot. the new ones rise dawn war and then kingdom which is coming the fourth one yeah. those movies they just literally print money I mean, we've seen every one of them yeah. we and i saw the last one in the theater that, that's how rare that is i don't go to the theater i detest the theater dad and i went to the theater and saw it together which tells you we must have really wanted to see it right those movies they come they announce it like i'm this is go." you know you're going to love it Right. And now that's all, I mean, it's all CGI and it's Andy Serkis and doing all stuff. And, you know, those movies, but you're watching this going, are you joking? Yeah. Like, but it had to start somewhere. And this is where it starts. So mm-hmm. let's get rolling on this because, yeah. you know, all right. So uh, astronauts Taylor, Landon, and Dodge awaken from a deep hibernation after near light speed uh, space voyage. All right. So let's, uh, so Stuart, who was the lone female crew member, um, died when her sleep chamber malfunctioned from an air leak. Now, my only problem in this entire opening part of this movie, they're on a, they're on a spaceship, right? He's going to get in an airlock, right? He's smoking a cigar, right? He takes a lit cigar and puts it in his pocket. Like he, he doesn't stamp it out. He just like tap, 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 puts the, the hot cigar Mm -hmm. into his pocket and zips the pocket closed. You're saying, Jay, that's really nitpicky. It's a lit cigar. cigar. Like I'm not saying he's smoking a cigarette and puts the butt out on the floor. He put a lit cigar in his pocket and then he's getting inside a pressure chamber. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to buy that. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to buy. There's a planet where apes evolve from man. But I'm saying is the lit cigar in the pocket. That one I had a little problem with. So, um, but be it as it may, right. Uh, their aircraft crashes into a lake of an, on an unknown planet. And Taylor estimates that they are in Orion's, uh, Bechtrich system, 300 light years away from the, the home solar system,
2: right? Yeah. Now. The year on the, uh, on the, the, the clock is 3978. Right. And so what's happening
4: is every month for them is like so many hundreds of years. years. And the whole idea is that everyone they ever known or love is long right. dead. And it's, it's not a very pleasant opening, no, um, it's a, it's but a, yeah, as a matter of fact, I mean,
2: it's kind less, of a downer. Is Taylor, he's he's being nasty in, in 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 a way. He's not very friendly. Yeah. He's he, he's making all of these comments that you know were like little digs to everybody. Now we don't know what their relationship was on the ground before they took off. Yeah. But I, once they've landed, he then has a, a a point to make with each one of those with each one of the the other two survivors. Yeah.
4: So the problem is, is that, and and I and I think that's one of the things that, if people look at this movie to find fault, is Taylor himself is he hates humanity, yes. he hates man, and it's like, okay, so I he, get it. He couldn't
2: wait to get he away. couldn't
4: wait to get away from them. I hate man so much. And the other guys, one of them, and he's like, well, you just wanted to be famous, like, but everyone who will ever know you is dead. and right. They don't care. And it's like, it's kind of like, it's it's. I don't want to say it's hurtful but it's, it's it's so it's so much 1968 1970 that anti counter yep, yep, yep. everything. everything it's not 1950s leave it to beaver you know whatever it's not the it's not the nihilism we would get later on it's that like
2: Okay, I get it. Yeah, and, and Glendon and, and Taylor must be polar opposites because yeah. that, that's who he's, he's, he's digging. He's needling
4: the time. He's digging right at that guy, right, right at him. Right so uh, before abandoning the, the thing, they, the three survivors um, read the ship's chronometer says November 25th, 3978, 2000, uh, 2006 years after the departure of 1972. However, due to time distillation, the astronauts themselves only staged about a year. The men travel through a desolate wasteland, coming across eerie scarecrow-looking-like figures and a freshwater lake with lush vegetation. Now they're clearly they landed in some water, so there has to be some water on this planet. Yeah, but like whether the water is potable, whether it's whatever, it could be just basic acid.
2: Yeah, I mean when they when when the ship lands, they obviously they, they, it crashes yeah. and it's starting to sink, so they have to get out. So what they take is they take. Uh, uh, as much of the scientific and food and everything to yeah. get out. And really what they have is two weeks worth of, of edible. So, right. but when they start walking, they're they it's all desert rocks. There's nothing green. And then finally they come across a, a desolate plant that's in the, that's in the soil. But once there's one plant, there's one more. plant. It had to be more. And that's uh, as they, as they traverse. Right.
4: So they get down to where the lake is and that's when they start drinking and they get, they, they get, Buck naked for back, a PG. Buck naked for a PG movie. Well, there's you are. know why because there's only G and PG back then. Yeah, there was no there was no R. There was okay. no whatever. I mean, this this movie PG thirteen at the yeah. At I mean, the but main, the only all you see is their backsides. Right. What I'm saying is, but like I mean, you could in this movie would probably be at the time it's it PG, but it's like, but because it was for a more, yeah. it wasn't for little kids.
2: Yeah, well, I don't think it would have been condemned by the by no, 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 no,
4: no. What I'm saying is, but it wasn't like you know, it's the Sachi.
2: Well, you know, but before before they just but before they get to uh, uh, they start to trek across, there's the uh, um, the 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 real irony of the of the of the movie in the very beginning. Uh, Landon, uh, one of the survivors, plants the United States flag, and Taylor starts laughing. Little little do we know that. You know they're on Earth. Yeah, of course. Now.
4: But that's why well, that's that's the irony of the whole thing. Um, so while they're swimming, um, all their clothes are stolen and <laughs> traded by the primitive mute humans, which is funny as in that. soon after that, armed gorillas raid a cornfield where the humans are gathered for food. Taylor is shot in the throat as he and the others are captured. Now this scene goes on and on and on, and this is where the music. I think this is why he won the Award because the music is this scene. There's no talking. Like, I mean, because right. no, they're all mute except for the three survivors. Yeah. And you don't hear a gorilla say a word. No, well, and only, and yeah. you don't even really tell they're gorillas until you get up close. So You're like, what, what is going on? You're yeah. thinking they might be other humans, the only, humans,
2: humans yeah, hunting. The, human. the, only, the only other sound other than the music that you hear is, is the occasional gunfire.
4: Yeah, it's gunfire, the the, the horse's hooves. Yeah. It's yeah. it's the whole scene. There's no words. There's no actual dialogue for, like, it seems like an eternity, but it's the whole scene unfolding. And it's so intense what's happening and clearly they're they're killing them and gathering them whatever um and then uh so Taylor's shot in the throat whatever right? uh dodge is killed and landed uh, landing is rendered unconscious in the chaos right and that's when you get what do you call it? that's when you start getting they're stringing them up and you see like wait those are gorillas yeah. like those are look like men but they're gorillas and he's like smile for the camera and it's like holy are, what like I can only imagine people who, again, it's called Planet of the Apes. It kind of gives it away in the title. But if you didn't know what you were walking into, right? That might have blown you away. Yeah.
2: I mean, the, the real, the first real shot that you have is you get as the as the three guys are walking across the desert and they're starting to get closer to yeah. the to the way the water is. They, you have these shadowy figures up on top of the mountains. So you know that there's there's somebody Something. there. Yeah, but they don't look like gorillas. Even they look like men. men. They look like men. And so when 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 the first shot. Of the of the, the the gorillas on the horses comes into view. It's a full head on yeah. the screen,
4: and it looks great. It looks great. It looks great even to this day. That's yeah. and I think that's one of the why maybe uh, the movie itself is is well written and all that stuff. But I think people felt fell in love with it because it just it's just that. Whoa, okay, now right. I'm hooked. Like right. I'm so hooked right now right. because so far it's been a lot of walk and talk. Yep, there's been a lot of walk and talk, yep. and then it hits you going 100 miles an hour with this scene. And once you're there, it doesn't, it doesn't let up. Now the movie just goes, and the, and there is some walking talk, some talking stuff happening. But literally, stuff is important. Every single scene is important. Um, well, where are we? So they capture da, 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 wait, wait. Taylor's taken back to ape city. Two champ, two chimpanzees, the animal psychologist Zira and her and surgeon Ga- uh, Gallen save Taylor's life, um, though his throat is in- his injury renders him temporarily mute. Um Taylor is placed with a captive female who he later names Nova and that is of course um what's her name um in her uh, first, Linda uh, Linda Harrison, Harrison in her in her one of I think it might be her first role.
2: Yeah. And um, she was supposedly the uh, uh, one of the producer's daughters I think or, the, or, or
4: she was I, I thought she was supposed to be like the next hot like yeah. sex symbol kind of thing. Yeah. They were, everyone's looking for remember, the next remember, you
2: know. at this time you already had Oh uh, well, my God. Well,
4: right, yeah, that's a different right, cause that
2: Wasn't yeah. 68 was was the year of 1 million BC? 1 million years BC? Uh, it was right around there. Yeah, yeah.
4: I mean, but I mean, Raquel, Raquel Welch in that fur bikini yeah. literally, I mean, it's, it, don't get me wrong, I mean, 1 million years BC is a very good movie, but more people went to see that movie for her than well, for Harryhausen's special effects. Well, and then
2: the other one is uh, Victoria Vietri and But that's later. Yeah.
4: But that A came after. Yeah, later. yeah, yeah. But that, with, with, when they did that with with uh, when Dinosaurs ruled the Earth, yeah. and they, they they knew what they were doing. Yeah. But Raquel Welch on the poster with the with their hips sticking out, whatever.
2: Yeah, the funny part about that here is when when uh, Taylor was put into the uh, um, the cage with Nova, she sniffs him. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, because they because they don't know. So, <laughs> I, hey thought that, I thought that was a, that was a good, a good see a part of it. Yeah. The, the look on his face when she's, when she's sniffing him. Yeah, like a, well, it, I'm not the dog. Yeah, you are. yeah. Um,
4: he observes and an advances. Uh, so Taylor's plays in the case. He observes an advanced society of talking apes with a strict caste system. Gorillas are their military force and laborers. Orangutans oversee government and religion, and the intellectual chimpanzees are for the most part scientists and doctors. Um, the ape society is a theocracy. Uh, while the apes consider primitive man as vermin to be hunted and either killed outright enslaved or used time for experiments taylor convinces zira and her fiance cornelius which of course is kim hunter and roddy mm-hmm. mcdowell cool. very very famous both of them for the, their roles here that he is intelligent as they are and one way by making a paper airplane um and then i'm this is very broad i mean right. a lot of stuff is broad here uh because we could talk about every individual scene, this, this, this podcast would take four hours when you watch Planet of the Apes. If you've never seen Planet of the Apes, I don't know how you've missed it, but when you watch it as things are going on, nothing is like illogical, right? Like you're watching this going and you see Taylor. And he's not dumb. He just hates man.
2: Yeah.
4: Um, he, but he's, but he's, he's an astronaut. So he's got to be smart. I mean, the, I know people like, oh, astronaut, astronauts are brilliant. You've got to be brilliant to get shot in the space. Like, yeah, well, not just PhDs. They like hold yeah. multiple PhDs. Yeah. Um, but like, so there's no way that he's just some grunt. Like yeah. this isn't, you know what, this is not, remember um, uh, Stargate yeah. with like, so you have like James Spader, who's supposed to be the brilliant guy and like, and Kurt Russell, who everyone loves in the movie is the military guy. Like, well, this isn't a military thing. This Is a brilliant person like these guys are supposed to be smart, like yeah. they're supposed to be the best of the
2: best. Yeah. And the thing is, like, they, like like you said, the progression is that they're trying to figure out who he is, why he's right, there, why, 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 yeah. why, why is why does he have uh, you know, his, bright, his eyes.
4: bright eyes, why does he understand things, why can he? And they say, Oh, look, man, see, man, do yeah. like he mimics, and he's like, He's not mimicking, he's yeah. doing different and,
2: things. And right then and there is when he he lunges out of the out of the cage and grabs the paper yeah, paper the and the pen yeah and the pen, pencil from um from zero yeah. zero and th- and he starts to write and there the expressions on their face is wonderment
4: yeah right well because and, you know they, because they're thinking uh, like he's just mimicking them writing. right
2: and that's exactly but yeah. and that's exactly what what happens and then there's that classic thing that he writes on this thing. It's in the, because they still don't believe that he's that he's anything but a, but a a, a low-level human, and then he, he puts down. Then how do you ex- a, a, a account for me? Yeah. And right then and there is when the movie takes another turn. Yeah.
4: And I, and that's the great part about this is that once you're hooked, the movie just sucks you in. And I mean it's it, it flies by. It's 112 minutes, but it flies by. I mean, the walk and talk in the very beginning is a little dull. Yeah, I don't think it's 112. 112 minutes. I'm pretty sure it's 112 minutes. Um, the movie running time, 112 minutes. Yeah. So, yeah. So, it's under, it's oh, under oh, two oh, hours. 112. 112. No, 112. So, what I'm saying is, but it starts flying by. So, you start getting, like, so, okay. So, what happens is, where am I? Um, Taylor convinces Zira and uh, Cornelius that he, okay. And he makes the paper airplane. That's when Zaius is like, just crushes it, like, yeah. you know, kind of thing. Dr. Zayas, the orangutan superior, arranges for Taylor to be uh, castrated against Zira's uh, protest. Taylor escapes and finds Dodge's stuffed corpse on display in the museum. He is soon recaptured in the process, revealing that he can speak, which alarms the apes. Now, of course, the most famous line in the entire movie, get your hands off me, you damn dirty ape. And like that line has been. Yeah. Ripped off, done over, yeah. it's, whatever. It's actually it's get your stinking paws so, off and you damn dirty. Right, here. exactly. You know, kind of, like everyone knows mm-hmm. that. And it's just so crazy. And then the whole idea that they don't want to, they want to have a trial uh, for him or, you know, but he won't, he's not allowed to speak because he's below them and he shouldn't be able to speak to the higher You know, like it's, it's so, there's so many layers of like a caste system that literally existed in the world that people just didn't know about or don't care about, but like that people like, you know, it's, 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 it's tantamount to like the the caste system, slavery, that you name it, like all the different things that we look back in, in, in the history of man, the apes have made the same things. So the, the, you know what that's the whole idea, right? Like this, this is super evolved society that evolved from man. Is no better than man. Right. It it it's yeah. they're doomed to do. They're you're doomed to repeat your same failures if you never learn from them, and yeah. they never learn.
2: When 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 <clears throat> at this point, Zeus, I mean, you. It's obvious he knows what Taylor is. Yeah, of course. And so what? And when he, he does, and Taylor's dangerous. Yes. And so Zeus has Nova put into a different cage because I think he fears that any match with Taylor could spawn Apes' doom, yeah. and then when and then. They when they put the hose on on Taylor, I mean it's he's screaming and yelling. He finds out, and the other classic thing is it's, it's a madhouse. Is yeah. another one that you'll never forget. Yeah. So
4: um, a hearing to determine Taylor's origin is convened. Taylor mentioned um, to his he, uh, two comrades, learning that Landon was uh, lobotomized and rendered catatonic. So they he's like, you cut his brain out, you know, kind of thing. Like, you know, you they cut up his brain like it's like. Yeah, because they knew he was dangerous. Like they could when you look at them, they don't look like the others. So of course they're going to cut them out. Zeus So Zeus is a is a. I mean yeah, he's the villain, but he's a very kind of not not, you know, like twirl your mustache kind of villain. He's no, no. he's a very calculating villain. He's very he's he he's the kind of villain's like he, he's not he's not Thanos. He's not like over no. the top in your face. He's the kind of villain who's you know oh yeah 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 he's stabbing in the back the whole time you know kind of thing
2: i think could he be like the, the shaman of the group where he's, he's the he has he has all the knowledge but the, the problem is like
4: the whole the, when when the rest of the council is sitting right and all, like, they all you do know whatever
1: like they're right, all supposed he's, to be he's not the,
4: he's, he's not, not the head the, guy head but he clearly you know who he is um so he's like jafar right oh. he's He's the, oh, it's my sorcerer over here. He's my guy, right, whatever. And he's the villain the whole time. He's pulling all the strings. He's manipulating the council, the council who is supposed to be smarter than everybody and better than everybody, right? Who, As soon as Taylor starts talking, they do see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. Yeah,
2: that to me, I I don't know why they put that in there, because at that point, this is a very, very dramatic moment. And for comic relief. I don't
4: it's, think it was done for comic relief that I, I think, think I think it's there to make sure yeah. every understand people understand that Taylor oh, yeah. K- Taylor is is he disproves everything they believe and when you disprove I don't care what religion what right. anything I don't care who it is any government any religion anything you start disproving what they believe they no 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 they don't want to hear it because at the end of the day they're no better than man they think they are yeah. Oh, but no, they I, are not.
2: No, the the, the the actual the actual meaning of, of the th- of those th- is there. But when you when you see it on the screen, it cut you you wind up smiling because that's something um, I don't that's know something that like, as a, as a kid you maybe I as a kid as you as, might, but I'm yeah, saying but
4: I'm watching it now, it's very, very yeah, poignant. Yes. It's very poignant. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, that necessarily that was in Rod Rod Sterling's original script or whatever, but that is so poignant and it makes it it, it drives home the point. That they are truly afraid of what this is, yeah. because if they weren't afraid, they would just kill them. They just would have shot him and yeah. killed him.
2: But it seems like only Zaius.
4: Zayus, but Zeus knows that he is dangerous. Yeah, but
2: he seems like he's the only one who. Can, I, mean, I mean, Cornelius and Zira know that that Taylor is 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 a different yeah. a different human. But Zayus seems to be the only one who knows what the what the potential. The trouble is well, so he
4: he would disband their entire like their entire society is based on these scrolls. Right. Right. Sounds like a religion to me, right? They're, everything they who believes in this man is is below them. If this man is equal, then your entire society means nothing. Right. And Z and that's the whole problem. The the council who are supposed to be the most religious, wise, they are the most everything they bury their head in the sand they literally could have buried their head in the sand because they don't want to lose what they have and that doctor zeus is an, is understands enough because remember he says i know of the i know of man i know of what he does. but because he knows that man did come before them and that knowledge is not known to the rest of that right, council yeah. Or but, anybody else but, but yeah. Yeah, right but the council is the, is is that is there like so no no ape knows that man came first. He knows it's there. Right. And he's in, in, in I know where it's the end of the movie. He says, you may not find what you like out there. Right. Because he knows man did this. Yeah. Man built a society, destroyed himself, and now he drew from this.
2: Yeah, what what, what, it's, what it's what the this what the movie says to me is that because they talk about the forbidden zone, yeah. which is we know where the, what the forbidden zone finally is, is that this is not a huge a no. huge population. This is this is—I don't want to say just a community, but they're—they're they're not populating. It looks right, like the they're not trying.
4: Right, right, They don't want to move out.
2: Oh. Because when you move out of here, you see
4: what you find—the remnants of the world that is came before you—and then you don't. They don't want that. So, uh, believing Taylor is either from an unknown human tribe beyond the, their borders, or was a subject of a mad scientist who gave him the power of speech. Uh, Zaius privately threatens to castrate and lobotomize Taylor for refusing to reveal his origin. Well, with help from Zira's neighbor, a neighbor, excuse me, Zira's nephew, uh, Lucius, uh, Zira and Cornelius free Taylor and Nova and take them to the forbidden zone, a taboo region outside of Ape City where Taylor's ship crashed. The Ape law has ruled that the area is out of bounds for centuries. Cornelius and Zaius, uh, and Cornelius and Zira are intent to gather proof of early non simian civilization, which Cornelius discovered discovered years earlier, to cl- be cleared of heresy. Taylor focuses on proving he came from a different planet. Now, Taylor, at this point, still doesn't under- know that this is Earth, right. right? He still doesn't know. He still thinks he's on another planet. And he's like, but if there was man here, he doesn't know it's Earth, but obviously he knows, well, if there's man, man makes war, man destroys things. Like, he he his... His hatred of mankind doesn't go away and his, dis- his distrust of mankind doesn't go away, but he sees in the apes exactly what he saw in man. Right. Um, when the group arrives at the caves, Cornelius is intercepted by Zaius and his soldiers. Taylor holds them off by threatening to shoot Zaius, who agrees to enter the cave to disprove his theories. Inside, Cornelius displays remnants of technology, advanced human um, society predating simian history. Taylor identifies the artifacts as dentures, eyeglasses, a heart valve, and to the eighth assignment, a talking human doll. And even, even uh, Zaya says, my, my granddaughter has a doll that talks, right? Kind of thing. Like, but that the doll says mama, mm. right? Why would you make a, a, a pr- you don't make, you know, gorilla dolls that say mama, right? It's, it's so counter to what it is. Um, and where are we here? Um, Zaius admits that he has always known about the ancient human civilization. Taylor wants to search for answers and Zaius warns him against finding answers, which he does not like adding to the now desolate forbidden zone was once a lush paradise. And as you, you know, as you, well, I get to the end of the movie here. You, I mean, as an audience, you're, you're hopefully starting to realize maybe this is earth, but you're not hundred percent short. You're still not quite sure. Um, And then, so after Taylor and Nova are allowed to leave, Zaius has the cave sealed off and destroyed the evidence while charging Zira and Cornelius and Lucius with heresy, right? Because that's, of course, what they're going to do because they're going to cover it up because they're afraid. Taylor and Nova follow the shoreline on horseback, eventually discovering the remnants of the Statue of Liberty, which is one of the most famous scenes ever in any movie ever. I mean, ever, uh, you know, revealing that supposedly alien planet is actually Earth long after an apocalyptic nuclear war. Understanding Zayas' earlier warning while Nova looks at him in shock, Taylor falls to his knees in despair, condemning man, uh, condemning humanity for destroying the world. Right. And literally that scene when he comes upon the statue, of, when they show the scene of the Statue of Liberty, it is a gut punch. If you don't if you didn't know it's coming, it's a gut yeah, punch. Even if you know it's coming. but I'm saying, but yeah. the first time, I yeah. guarantee your audience are like, What? Yeah. Like, oh yeah. my god, like that,
2: that's this. Exactly, that's exactly
4: what this, they knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah.
2: I mean, we. I went to see this movie. It was playing at, I believe, the Criterion in New York, where it was, where it was shown three times a day, well, once uh, as a matinee, once in the afternoon, and once at night. And I forget which one we went to, but I had no no preconceived notion other than the fact that we're going to see apes evolving uh, from man. And when that when that shot of the, well, the they they, they start to pan from the. The, from Taylor and Nova on the horse up to the sky, you see two of the uh, Statue of Liberty's uh, horn, yeah not, the, 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 the crown the, the, yeah the crown, and so then you say to yourself, "Holy, oh, is that it?" And then, sure enough, it pans even further, and you've got the the remnants of the Statue no, of Liberty. No, yeah, it is to me. It was, it's the best ending of any science movie ever, and the the line that Zaya says when when uh, Taylor and Nova are going off. Uh, Lucius, uh, not Lucius, um, uh, Cornelius says, w- what will they find? That he will find his destiny. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
4: It's, it is, the, again, a movie that is far more than the sum of its parts, but I think the parts they put in place are important. It is, it is one of the most influential science fiction movies of all time. It is one of the most influential movies, just from movie making, how stories are told uh you can I mean you, you can you can point to movies like citizen kane and like all these great famous movies right and yes did did that certain things influence this and that yes of course but when you look back like honestly and 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 take off the i'm you know holier than thou and science fiction and no, they can't be this and that when you just look at what influences how movies are made how cinema is how cinema is is uh consumed this movie literally changed how it changed. It changed the way movies were done. It changed the way movies were made. How they were thought of. Who could be in them. Like and and as much as people will always point to, oh, you know, it's Jaws. It's Star Wars. And I'm not saying they're not. Jaws was insane, right? Star Wars crazy, right? They, you look at like even movies like Casablanca and stuff like that. They're these all time classics. Certain movies, when you look back, you have to kind of take the blinders off and look and say, "How did this change the world?" And they 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 talk about movies that changed the world. Like I mean, The Exorcist is a movie that they considered changed the world. It drove people back to religion, all this stuff. Yep. But Planet of the Apes changed the way people looked at things. People who there was a this is the 19 late 60s. People were not huh. looking at this. Was this, this was, is counterculture? This is
2: yeah. There's so much. Every night you saw was, was Walter Cronkite enumerating how many American soldiers oh. died or got wounded. It was it was a tough period. That's what I'm saying. There was no there was no good, you know, happy movies in in most of the '60s. Not not the early '60s, but once once you started to get to '64, from '64 to to '70. You had you had thought-provoking, but dis- you know uh, movies of despair. I mean, yeah. Midnight Cowboy is probably one of the saddest movies mm-hmm. you could ever watch. And yet, if you lived in New York City and you walked down Fifth Avenue, there was one of those Ratso Rizzos on every corner, yeah. all the time. And uh, so, but, and and the other thing is too,
4: when you look at that, it led to directors like you know, Martin Scorsese and and Francis Ford Coppola and all those guys, I mean, like making their movies, making and making, again, not that the Godfather and whatever, I mean, that the Godfather is not a depressing movie. It's, it's, you know, about the mafia, right. But I'm saying is they'd allowed cinema to say, okay, we don't have to stay here. We can open it up. And, and as much as people might not agree with me, you need for every, for every, um, you know, for every, uh, um, Know, Scorsese and, and whatever, you need a Roger Corman and a, whoever making these B movies that are pushing those buttons and not saying that, and, and and this is not a B movie, no. but I'm saying, but you needed those guys pushing those buttons. Now you had somebody in a major studio said, let me push a button. Let me push this button that these other little studios are doing the little AIPs and the right. whatever. Now let me push somebody. And all of a sudden, now you get taxi driver. Now you get those, you get apocalypse. Now, now you get like, even down the road, like, you know, I mean the ideas of like what you could put on a screen. I mean, think about it Would would there, would there have been a time? And, and again, I understand Vietnam had to happen. I mean, Vietnam had, you know, you can't make a Vietnam movie before Vietnam, right. but like if, if you're watching apocalypse now, that movie is powerful today right. as it is. I mean, it, it may not, it may not hit me as hard because I didn't live through that time, but good
2: Lord, yeah. you know, so like war movies, war movies, were uh, I mean like okay. most most of the war movies that, that, that were made were a little jingoistic because they wanted you to to, to buy war bonds they wanted yeah to, and the Americans always even if they even if some of them died they the ending was still a little upbeat yeah you know a, a, a good movie that to, to watch that's that's a war movie is it called a walk in the Sun yeah and when you watch that it's psychological they, they, even though they have this banter be back and forth, it's typical of what you would have in a in a company of men. But as they as they're marching, you they, they think out loud, and right. and so it's can I am I doing this? Am I doing right.
4: that? But and 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 to that same end, right? The idea though of pushing that envelope, you know, you had directors who were like not afraid anymore, and you had actors mm. who were not afraid. Like, what's going to happen? What, are you going to blackball me? Yeah. I'm going to make this oh, movie because it yeah. needs to be said.
2: The only, the only, I mean, I don't want to say the only movie, but a movie that I had actually, I had read the book and then I finally saw the movie, and I probably saw the movie long before I saw a *Planet of the Apes*, that was was just as, as uh, as, as not, it wasn't not that, that it was controversial, but it was compelling. Was on the beach. Yep. And on the beach. It, the whole premise is right there in front of you immediately. Is that the world has has come on nuclear, and the only place that's left on Earth is Australia, right? And, right, and so the they got to get there to get there. And and the story the story is is of is of people's um, you know their daily lives and how they get there, and the United States Navy getting there. And so there's a lot of love interest, and there's there's a car race and all that stuff. But the last ten minutes of that movie, the authorities in Australia knowing that the, uh, the radiation is going to be there any day are passing out, you know, cyanide pills or whatever that they were. And the last montage is, is it'll, it'll stay, it'll stay with you forever. Yeah. And that's one of the things I'm talking I mean, That's right. Yeah.
4: And, and as you start looking at that and, and then the, the filmmaking that came afterwards, in the seventies, the eighties and people, and again, people look at the eighties, like, Oh, the 80, like, Yes, the 80s understood what a franchise was and how to like do and there's a whole different world of like horror movies and stuff. But even movies that would normally like, I mean, The Exorcist is considered one to be like one of the most influential horror movies of all time, time. time, right? But when you watch The Exorcist, The Exorcist was the number one best-selling book. I mean, all that stuff. But then go watch The Omen. And it's like the omen's not nearly as important in the scope of the grand scheme of movies. But what it's saying to you, and what it puts out there, that this evil, this little cherub-faced child, that is clearly the devil, and it's like, oh my God, like, what? Like, I mean, like, but then it allowed filmmakers like Roman Polanski and like, yep. and S- Samuel Peckinpah. I mean, like, put it as a for example. There, how many westerns? How many? How many hundreds and hundreds of westerns were made, and none of them are the Wild Bunch. And some of you may not like The Wild Bunch. Mm -hmm. My dad loves The Wild Bunch. says, Wild Bunch is one of my favorite Westerns of all time. And I actually just suggested that to somebody the other day. I said, do you like Westerns? I go, no, I go, watch The Wild Bunch. They're like, why? I go, because it ain't a Western. It isn't a Western. But it is a Western. It's about man and his struggle to save who he is. And it's that change. And it's all those things. Why? Because Peckinpah said, I don't care about your rules. I'm going to make the movie I want to make. Now, is it the perfect movie? Certainly not. But it's the directors and the people who are willing to get a chance. And you're saying, Jay, this is Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes took a chance. 20th Century Fox took a big chance here, and they kicked the door open, and they allowed other directors and other actors and other writers and other people who may not have ever had a real opportunity, a chance to get out there. And then what happens? We don't. It's not. It's not a little poof. It's a mushroom. It's it blows up, and the way cinema is consumed post Planet of the Apes changed. This, like you said, it played at the Criterion and something like I had to be. This thing played forever. Yeah. They could not wait to make a sequel. They we gotta get a sequel. And of course, the sequels just amp everything up. If you've never watched the Planet of the Eight movies, we Kelly uh year before, Haley was born, but Kelly and I once, we when we first came out, um, all of them came out in a set. We sat down on New Year's Day and we watched them all in a row on New Year's Day. She'd never seen them, right? And she's blown away she's like, this is amazing. Like this is, these are old, these are are old movies. And I'm like, yeah, but they're amazing because not everyone's perfect. I mean, and, and some of them get a little more into whatever, but the ideas that are there carry through, you see the evolution of the 1960s into the 1970s. And the idea of like, like now that they're on like spoiler, eventually when they go to earth, you know, they they go back in time and it's like, what? Like this, it's it's, it's, there's some crazy stuff happening, right? And you have to buy in, but if you're willing to buy what they're selling, there's so much underlying story is so much mm-hmm. deeper than just guy in a makeup suit, yeah. you know? So, yeah. but uh, I mean, I, I, I know folks, we talked about this and and again, this is, this is our seventh anniversary episode. I wanted to make sure we hit a movie that of, of importance on our seventh anniversary. Planet of the Apes is is one of the most important films. To, at least, you know, for by the way, we, we we've talked about all the different things here, and um, I know on the Two True Freaks Network, Planet of the Apes is like Planet of the Apes, like all the ape movies are big. I like, mean, everyone loves yeah. Planet of the Apes stuff.
2: As a matter of fact, yeah. uh, you know, but, even the sequels. Uh, well, I, I must say this: the the, the 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 direct sequels to this movie, uh, you actually go back to Earth. I mean, you go back Eventually, to, yes, back, back to the nineteen seventies, yeah. and. And they they retell the story, the and then it goes into progression, but you don't get to the to the to where they actually where the the earth everybody goes no, to war, no. but the the remake with Mark Wahlberg to me was poor. Okay. But- Again, no no, but no, it was poor only because they 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 they, they the story, even though it's it was very similar, they wound up having a dying Charlton Heston. Uh, utter uh, one of his one of his one of the, the classic lines, but the movie didn't do well, and then it was at least what fifteen years right yeah. before the next the next group and the, the three that so the, far, the last yeah. three are outstanding. But Tim Burton wanted to make five his movie
1: that. That's yes. what they
4: came down to. No, no, he yeah. paid a bunch of money. He yeah. bought the rights. He made a movie. Right. It sucked. Okay, yeah. but the problem was it's, it's Tim Burton. Tim Burton didn't make a lot of bad movies. You know what I'm saying? So he made a dud. But to that, they were able to resurrect the franchise again. Well, no. Because technology now got to a point where now we could have the point where man falls. Like, you can see man fall. You can see that the apes have come. Like, like those movies, uh, you know, Dawn and all those movies are very, very different than the originals. Because I think they have to. I don't think we need to retell. Planet of the Apes. I don't think we need to retell Ooh, Beneath. No. I don't think we need to retell them. I think we needed to be different. And since they are different and they are well acted and they're, you know, solid stories and all this stuff, I think we got a different kind of feel to it. There's you don't always need to retell the same thing. I think that's where, that's where somewhere Tim Burton's problem came in. He wanted to pay homage so much to what he loves as a child. And it helped him become the director he is that I think sometimes you get lost in the weeds. And mm. that's fine. Mm. Um, I mean, again, I'm, I've seen the movie once. I've never watched it again.
2: Yeah. But um, to, a movie like that, in, in a way, because it was, for whatever for whatever flaws it had, and it had a lot of flaws, it it stymied any follow on movie that until the the until the right, but but the, the, okay. the last. Thing. But,
4: but the thing is, but that movie did not ever diminish. What the original no, no,
2: did, no, 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 no. Well,
4: and in it, fact, I, it drove people back to the original. It back
2: to the original, and so when you drive somebody back to watching the original, it just cements in your mind that this thing yeah, not was that, what I'm doing. Well, but that's fine, but, Dad. But, but, but a lot of times, is how many times do directors or producers remake movies because they think it's going to make money, and you wind up saying, Why did they do? The original, the original was the better one. I understand that,
4: Dad. I, I I say that I cannot think of many movies where the original is not the better one, right? When they make a the, direct remake, I mean, a reimagining, taking something and turning it differently. But what I'm saying is, is that the, that movie is fine, and, and and no, you don't have to watch it. No, no, no. Like, what just, I'm saying is, and, and I would never waste my time no, but, again. But, what I'm saying is, it drove people back to watch the original Planet of the Apes. There was a resurgent of Planet of the Apes. Um, when Blu-ray came out, it was right. like a big thing, put them all together, get every special feature, get everything. Why? Because they're so beloved because it, whether you were a child in 1968 and you saw it as a kid or you were a young adult, or maybe you were too young. Like I wasn't young, old enough to see him. I saw him later. Or maybe you remember the TV show. You remember the cartoon, like Planet of the Apes is a, is a, is a, is a property. Right. Yeah. It was so big. And, and, and but that's fine. I mean, people make bad remakes all the time. And literally that is, what Hollywood does, but we know that. And then there, that is why we waste so much time with these movies that just chew up space on streaming services that no one cares about. And then movies that, you know, like movies, like, like a movie, like upgrade. I have to go oh. discover somewhere and say, dad, watch this movie. This is insane. Right. And you're like, holy crap, this is crazy. And like, you like, but why do I have to go find them? Right. Because, because too many people aren't worried about making Planet of the Apes. They're about remaking it to make some money about it. Right. Instead of being the guy who's willing to take a chance, instead of being the guy and I don't mean guy isn't a per a, a man, I mean the people involved. Take a chance. Do this makeup. You know, bring in, bring in not just not just Westmore, but bring in this guy and this guy and this guy. Like, do it. Take that chance. Right. And and I know, I know we've discussed King Kong 76 a lot on this channel, especially since I don't even like that movie. But you know, dear Laurentis, right? He wanted to make money. He thought this is how I'm going to make money with King Kong, and he didn't go take chances. He just kind of like slopped it out there, yeah. right? But think about that. You just slop it out there, and King Kong—the name—is bigger than King Kong the movie. Like King Kong is so much bigger than that little movie in 1933, right? And, and and King Kong means – people know King Kong who've never seen it. Right. Right? But what happened was they just it – it's like, a money grab. And when you do that money grabbing, you can argue that maybe he wanted to make his version whatever. But if that's the version he picked, like, what? Right. But what I'm saying is he, he didn't go take a chance. He just wanted – you just get a name. He put it out there. Yeah. And, you know, the,
2: the shame is, is that all the money that he spent – and he spent a ton of money on this movie – the one aspect that he didn't spend enough was Kong.
4: I understand that. When trust me, dad, we don't need to have,
2: we have yeah, wait, done, wait, wait. we have done t- too many
4: hours on a movie that is not worth right. it, worth it. Right. But what I'm saying is those directors and those producers who are just looking to make the bang for the buck. It's fine. If you have a property, like you've always said that they should make the land unknown, take yeah. it back. There are movies just like the land unknown. It's just, they're not called the land unknown, but they weren't done any better. I mean, it's still rubber suit, whatever. It looks still okay. It, the problem is is that taking chances is hard. They want to surefire. They want to make sure I make the money. I want to make sure I get this. I want Fast 9, Fast 10, Fast 12, whatever. They, why? Because you're going to print money, right? And And I have nothing wrong with that. I have no problem because those movies are what they are. But at no point is anyone going to point back and say, hey, remember in remember in Fast 9, that scene? Oh, it's so controversial. Like, no one are going to remember it. No, but the but you remember the stunts. You remember the right, – and you had a good time for two exactly. hours, that's right? What,
2: that's what those movies are. They're popcorn movies. Popcorn
4: movies. Right? And, and, and that's always been the thing. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. always says that. He says there's two kinds of movies. People make movies for art, and people make movies that make a lot of money. My movies make a lot of money. And he's okay with that. And yeah. if that's what you're doing, fine. But Planet of the Apes is not that. Planet of the Apes made a lot of money. I mean, less than $6 million investment, returnable almost $35 million on that. Like, then, how many of the, Oh, no, forget that. Forget, the, forget the, it, that. That's release. not even the release. That's just a straight release. And that's in, that's 1968 money. Yeah, at the matinee <laughs> and stuff. 1960s, yeah, 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 yeah. So, folks, what you're saying, if you haven't revisited Planet of the Apes in a while, please go back and revisit it. Um, you know, it's, it's readily available. I mean, it's on Blu-ray. It's on, Pro- I, I just well, I say it's on prime. You can purchase it on any, any number of different platforms. Right. It's all cleaned up. You don't. And people are like, well, I don't want to see all those seam lines and whatever. And like, mm-hmm. they're not there. Like the makeups are still so good. I mean, you know, it's a makeup I mean, you, you can see you know, they, they, it, technically, if you look real close, you can kind of see the little bit of depth yeah. behind the eye. Mm-hmm. But I think that was makes it so good. Like, it's just, it's so believable. And and if you're sitting there trying to nitpick apart some makeup from 55 years ago, that was
2: not just Academy Award wing, but cutting edge, cutting edge. There is something new that is put on the screen. And it is, and like you said, it's cutting edge and it, and it, it hooks you. Then you're satisfied, What you don't, again, they could have made this movie with gorilla suits, and it would have been... Edward uh, G.
4: Robinson, that's who it is. I got his name. Yes. That's a callback to the very beginning show. Edward G. Robinson, they had him in test makeups. Yes. And he was god-awful.
2: God-awful. Yeah, God.
4: that's why. Sorry. But he's
2: probably one of the greatest. The oh, great
4: right. But he but he, could, but he couldn't act through it. Yeah. That's the whole point. He was going to be Zayas. Yeah. And he just couldn't act through the makeup. It just was too much for him. Wow. And I knew yet, it would come to he, me. Yet, Only took right. an hour.
2: And yet he's in uh, uh, Soylent Green. Well, he but he has, doesn't have to have makeup on, Dad. And yeah, he is, and he's—he—he is the Edward G. Robinson you've yeah. come to know
4: a lot. Right. Uh, yeah. That's what it was. I, You're right. Yeah. But and but that's what I'm saying is they they took chances and and I mean could they have said well we need to you know use Edward G. Robinson because he's the most famous? No. But they said no. Let's not use him. Let's get somebody else who can actually go through there. And I don't think this movie works with Edward G. Robinson as Zayus. I mean, like it's just not the same. You know, it's it's very. You know, it's important
2: you look at... like and you who, recognize, you can recognize the uh, the voice sometimes. But there was... A, 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 I mean, Maurice a, Evans is, is, is... Yeah, but again, who the heck... I mean,
5: you, you know what I'm
4: saying is, but like his ability to emote through the makeup yeah. made Zaius not Maurice Evans playing Dr. Yeah. Zayus. Right, you didn't think of it. It made him as Dr. Zaeus a now, living, breathing character.
2: Edward G. Robinson has that just distinctive yeah. voice. So if
5: you're... He, if would, he would, be would be watching Edward he, G. Robinson, Robinson
4: playing him. That's what I'm saying. That's why I think the the casting of Kim Hunter and Rodney McDowell, especially, they come so much through that makeup. Like it, but the makeup, they didn't, it's not that you see Roddy, and I know what Roddy McDowell looks like, but I'm not seeing Rodney McDowell. I'm seeing this character that happens to have his voice. voice. You know, yeah. so anyway, folks, like we said, um, seventh anniversary. Thank you so much, everybody, for um, all the love and support we get here. Um, we you know, we really appreciate this. Obviously, this is a labor of love. Um, as Dad and I, and you know, our special guests all the time. You know, like well, obviously Luke is on with me, John LeMay, all the different people we have in. Um, love our you know our B movies, um, and I know some of you think Planet of the Apes not really a B movie. It's it's sci-fi, and it just happens to be a sci-fi movie that's very important. So, um, you know, we we appreciate all the um, everything that you guys support. Um, you know, let us know. I mean, are you a big Planet of the Apes fan? Uh, you know, I mean, we heard a lot of feedback about like literally Kong 76. A lot of people love that yeah. movie and you know, Planet of the apes. I'm sure there's a lot of people who love Planet of the apes. This is just, it's just a film franchise. You know, we would love to hear from you. We'll, we'll you know, we would definitely cover it, Um, you know, in our, know, in our, uh, our feedback episodes. And I should be honest folks Um, as we are going through and trying to pick out movies and I'm trying to line up things that make sense, you know, in anniversary years and things like that. Sometimes you're like, whoa, oh, how do we, how do we not do this yet? And I'm like, Oh, because it's, anniversary Mm year is next year or how to get that. And there'll be times when I'll say to dad, you know what we got to do? And I'll be whatever. And he's like, that's a great movie. I go, yeah, but it came out in like, you know, 61, we got to do it next year. Right. Can I think? Right. And, and because, because I try to make sure we do anniversaries and stuff. And it's hard to believe that literally 55 years ago, this movie dropped and it changed the world. So folks, um, you know, uh, obviously I think we've, we've covered this one, uh, go go spend some time, go spend the 112 minutes rewatching it, enjoy it, you know, uh, especially if you haven't seen it in a few years, you know, have yourself, you know, some popcorn and a beverage and enjoy, you know, Charlton Heston uh, chewing his way through the screen at some points because yeah. he definitely chews on some of the scenery, um, but that's Heston, that's just who he is. I mean, that's, that's, he does that in every, I can't imagine, I can't, I, I can't think of a Heston movie where he doesn't chew a little bit of the scenery, um, but that's what he does. Um so folks, um thank you so much from dad and I and from all the contributors of Bots Bugs and Babes on 7 years and we're going strong and we're going to keep going. Now, um up next of course, we dad and I are going to be talking about episode 6 of the Dark Room. Remember there's only two it's only 6 and 7 left and then we're done with the Dark Room. Yeah, did we do 6? No, 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 6 is the next episode. Oh, the next, next episode is 6. Um uh, we did 5 back in um uh, five was, we just, we, we did before this, right? Five was, we, we had, and we have six and then we have number seven coming up in May. And then we're going to cover nightmares probably in June, which is the, the, the rest of the, uh, the episodes melded together. Um, but of course, you know, dad and I are always looking to add different things in and out. And, um, we might come back to 1968 at some point. Cause there's another movie that I hadn't seen in a very long time. And you hadn't seen in a very long time, but I don't want to give away what it is right. just yet. Um, that not nearly as important as this, but definitely was a movie of 1968 kind of thing. So um, some of you might know what I'm talking about. Some of you might not, we'll see. Anyway, so for dad and I, um, we want to say thank you very much for all the downloads and listens and all the support. And like we say around here, keep those cards and letters coming
5: and keep watching the skies. This is Tokyo, once a city of 6 million people.
1: And search the hashtag, The Art of Horror Collective, as well as the new hashtag, BotsBugsBabesPodcast. I'm the only one using them. I'm also on Twitter, at Jason Jackanetti, And you can visit my webpage at www.TheArtOfHorrorCollective.wordpress.com. All movies, characters, stories, music, etc. are properties of their respective holders. This is a fan work, and any use of any property is purely for review discussion, entertainment. So don't sue me. I ain't got anything anyway. There is no tomorrow. There is
0: no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow.
5: Will you stop?